Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Wounded Healer, where we make the human experience more enjoyable. I'm your host, Keith, and I'll have a little confession. You know, I, I did not get two episodes up and going this week. Saturday was the last day of the week. I was supposed to get this episode recorded and, and posted, and I did not. I, I have I failed myself and my commitment to two shows a week, but I have a good reason. Why well, I believe it's a good reason. Um, yesterday, the Buffalo Bills, which I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, go Bills, played late game. They played the Dolphins. It was a rivalry, divisional rivalry game, and it was important to the Bills. Um, and I, you know, when I, I wanted to go watch the game with other Bills fans. I wanted to be a part of that that atmosphere and that environment. But I also wanted to come home right after work and go to work and on this, go to work on putting this together. Because it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to to record these. I'm not really good at it. I'm not comfortable yet. You know, this is all still new to me. So it takes a little bit of time. And, and I and I want to give myself, I want to allow myself that time to to deliver a proper good show. Uh, and so I'm thinking about all this and I'm going back and forth about it. And then, um, yeah, I decide to go to dinner and watch the game. I do not regret it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I did it. That kind of eased a little bit of that internal struggle. Um, but on the way home, I, you know, I was back at odds with myself again and it was, well, okay, you went and watched the game. Now you got to go home and you got to go to work. You, you got to, you got to put this thing together. You got to get it out there. And then the, here I am again, back and forth. Well, it's going to be late. Well, it's almost tomorrow anyways. Um, well, it's going to take long. I'm just excuse after excuse. And I'm having this conversation as I'm driving down the road. Thankfully it's dark and no one can see inside the truck because I'm talking to myself. I seem to do that a lot, but I don't think it's a bad thing, <clears throat> so it's okay. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm going back and forth with myself about what I'm going to do. So you know, I just say, listen, you got to hold yourself accountable. You've committed to this. You got to do it. You got to put forth the effort. So I get home, straight through the door, sat down in front of the computer. And I realize now that it's late, really late. Um, and there's no way that I can record and get anything going. So I just, I start going through my notes and putting my notes together. Uh, I am working on <clears throat> this uh, mind mapping to, to help structure my content and help, help my delivery. And this really works. It was a great idea. It's already made me better. It's already made me feel more comfortable. So I, you know, I can't wait to continue to to get better at that. And so I put all that together, and I decide, you know, shut it down. We're going to bed. Tomorrow's a new day, and here we are. You know, I get up my normal time around 5 a.m. and I say, all right, it's time to go to work. You know, we're gonna do this. We got We got to put it out, and it better be damn good. <clears throat> and here I am. Now, that story, yesterday's events, are a perfect example of what this show is about. 
today, and that is cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is a psychological phenomenon. So this is my second psychological phenomenon that I've talked about. Now, you, you may challenge me and say, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. I know someone that can talk about a psychological phenomenon. Yeah, but do you know someone that can talk about two psychological phenomenons? I challenge that, and I beg to differ. Not bragging or anything. I just think it's pretty cool. I'm proud of myself. And uh, so cognitive dissonance. You know, that is when a person participates in an action that goes against their ideas, beliefs, or values. Like me yesterday, I wanted to come home. I wanted to to record. I wanted to. I enjoy it. I look forward to it. I, I'm I'm loving it. Um, it is something that has been good for me, and I'm I'm loving. Now I don't I don't know how to. I'm loving the attention that I'm getting from it, and but it's a very positive attention. It's not a egotistical type thing. It's a like. It's actually doing what I wanted it to do. It's it's resonating with people. It, it's hitting people. People are are coming back to me and they're saying, "Oh, this," or "Oh, I didn't know this," or that. And man, that shit is motivating. It is motivating for me to continue to just get after it. it it's motivating to where it's one o'clock in the morning. I just drove an hour and a half to get home, but I'm sitting down in front of my computer to put shit together. That's what it is. That's what it's doing. You know, it's not me boasting and patting myself on the back and none of that. It's like, yes, I owe it to those folks. And no matter what, I have to put forth the effort. And that's what yesterday was about. And it was kind of cool to experience that and go through it. And like right now, I'm giving myself time to think about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, when I was thinking about putting this this topic um I was going to, I went, you know, in the Keith files and I said, man, I can pull out a few examples in my own, my person, my life of cognitive dissonance where, you know, it kind of ruined uh, situations or interactions or relationships. Uh, and, you know, I could go that way. There's a lot of good examples in there also. Life is full of good and bad. Uh, you know, I think it's a balance. It's a fine line, but uh, I said, this is, this is great. Yesterday was a great, good, clean example that people will understand. And that's what I wanted to, that's the example that I wanted to, to bring or to put out there because at the end of the day, I want this thing to be relatable. I want it to be able to just connect with anyone, anybody, anywhere. So, all right, let me get back on track. <clears throat> so, all right, cognitive dissonance, it's basically an, an internal psychological struggle with inconsistencies. So, in 1957, Leon Festner, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, was a Stanford professor, and he coined the, the theory cognitive uh, dissonance. And uh, it was after him and two or three of his colleagues sat up with this religious cult all night uh, waiting on the world to end. And so this religious group um, believed that their God was going to 
flood the world and kill everybody that specific day at that time. So he he wanted to go out there and, and hang out with these people to see what was what was really going on. Uh, and in the morning, when they all were still there, no one disappeared, no one died, there was no water anywhere. Him and his colleagues wanted to interview as many of the members as they possibly could to see where they were at or, or how it affected them and uh, and what they found out is that a majority of the members uh, kind of justified what had happened. So they kind of changed their minds. So they, they basically said that, well, the world did not end or the world did not flood because we stayed up all night praying and God repented at the last minute. And so, you know, everything thanks to them was okay. And that's kind of where, you know, they they came up with this cognitive dissonance where, you know, you will do things to ease that internal conflict, that, that mental stress. No different than me yesterday, justifying why I should go watch the Bills game and then feeling a way that I felt and then wanting to get home and also record. I, I was I was feeling that same mental stress that that same internal conflict that the religious folks was feeling you know so i changed the way i thought about situations as they did uh there's a yeah you know just to get off track again but this makes me think like back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s there was some wild shit going on out there at stanford i mean you got leon staying up all night waiting on the world end with these groups of people challenging their beliefs what the uh, Stanley, the Milgram, the, where he was having people shock someone to death to see if they would actually go through with it. <laughs> you had that, uh, I think, was the, the Philip or Philip Zimbardio, Bardio, that professor who was putting people in fake prisons out there to, to see how long they could, they could last and watching them like mentally break down. That actually messed some people up for a long time. Uh, you know, that was a hell of a time, and there was, and back then there was so much other stuff going on. And I, in my opinion, I, I, I believe that there's still some, some stuff going on now. But uh, that's, yeah, it, it, I'm sure there is. <clears throat> and then you know, now it, modern times, we have some equally great minds like Robert Spalowski out there, biology professor, just. He's got many books, lectures. That guy's amazing. Um, and Andrew Huberman, who is someone that I idolize. You know, I I would I can only hope that the content that I deliver and the idea that I have for this podcast can come just a little bit close to what he's doing. And I'll have all that information you know, in the notes, but these are some great people. That's a hell of a lineup and hell, that would be the boy band I'd put together. You imagine the album them jokers could come up with some interesting shit, but uh, let me stop with my man crushes and get back on track. So according to this theory, when two actions or ideas are just, you know, psychologically or not psychologically consistent with each other, 
people will do anything in their power to change them until they do become consistent. Why? Again, to, to reduce that mental stress. Uh, and, you know, we, we do that because we just don't want to experience the discomfort or that, that mental stress. You know, we, we don't want to experience the, I guess that maybe the, the, the social ridicule, the, the, the judgment, the, that social ridicule that you'll get, the, uh, the, uncomfortable, the uncomfortableness that comes with it. So we'll make decisions, we'll change beliefs, we'll change values to ease that. Uh, <clears throat> and one, uh, one example, and I'm not going to go too much into this because it's a whole different show, but when, let's say you're in a relationship <clears throat> and, you know, maybe, and again, it's just my opinion I'm not diagnosing anybody. I, I can't diagnose anybody legally, <laughs> uh, but I can have my thoughts, right? But let's say you're in a relationship and this person that you're in a relationship with may or may not have some narcissistic attributes, right? Well, cog this cognitive dissonance is something that you see with a lot of narcissists because, you know, if you take, for example, me and the Buffalo Bills game last night, if I'd already committed to doing something else uh, with my partner, uh, but I choose to go to the game instead, when you come home, I'm going to justify the hell out of why I was there. And I'm going to make it seem like I had to be there or I would be judged I would be shunned from that group and you know I would I would be the the victim I would be the 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 one hurt and when your partner hears this they in return start to justify your actions so they will tell themselves yeah you know I I don't want him to to lose his buddies. I, I don't want him to not watch the Bills game. He likes the Bills and, you know, we'll just do something tomorrow. And that's what the person is saying. It's like, well, I'll make it up to you. Tomorrow we're going to do something, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So then your partner's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm good with that. But you still, you're just left with that just, ah, you know, just something. And that's that's cognitive dissonance on both ends. That's two people justifying their actions, their beliefs, their values. And that's two people changing it to ease the mental stress. And that is something that narcissists will do. And we're going to leave it at that. If you have experienced that, or if you can think back of a situation where that sounds a little bit too familiar... Hey, reach out to me. We'll talk a little bit. Um, but uh, that's a serious thing. And it's it's something that uh, folks with those tendencies will do. And if you're experiencing it more than once, well, more than likely you're dealing with a narcissistic person <clears throat> and cognitive dissonance. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, that's a whole nother, whole nother show, whole nother day. So, um now, although 
Fessinger may have coined that theory. Uh, there, are, there are examples that that are as old as time here. You know, but there's examples that go back 2,000 years of uh, cognitive dissonance. And that is, you know, in the writings of Aesop. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Aesop was a slave who lived about 2,000 years ago in ancient Greece. And he wrote these fable tales with uh, like truthful insight and um, meaning with meaning they were powerful powerful writings and one of the uh, stories was the fox and the grapes and basically what it was what it is is the fox comes across this grapevine and it is just loaded with beautifully plump delicious ripe grapes and he's he's wanting it he's he can taste them i mean he wants them bad However, regardless of how hard he tries, how high he jumps, how far he reaches, he's unable to get these grapes. <clears throat> and he just kind of sits down and looks up at him. And, you know, he, he says, well, why am I even doing this? Why am I even trying? Those are sour grapes. They're not worth it. And he just walks away scornfully. Now, the... Uh, term sour grapes actually derived from that story that we use now to describe undesirable things. <clears throat> so it's kind of neat. But yeah, so he, he tells himself, these things are sour. They're not worth my time. Boom, I'm walking away. So rather than admit that he's failed to reach the grapes, you know, he rationalizes that they're not that desirable and goes on about his business. Um, and it's it shows that, you know, you just, you can't hold incompatible ideas simultaneously. It's just, it's frustrating. And you can, again, apply that to where we're at right now. You know, I'm sure there's some examples. If you think back in your life, where, you know, you see something and you're like, man, that'd be nice. I wish I could have that or I want that or something I want to do. But you just can't figure out how to get there. So then you tell yourself it's not worth it. You can't do it. You didn't really want to do it. There's something better you'd want to do. And you walk away and you just walk away pissed off. No different than the fox. Um you know, I think you can, it can go the other way also. You know, you can, and this is going to get into some confirmation bias because it is kind of connected to cognitive dissonance, and I'll keep it short too, but you can, you know, on the other end, you know, someone can have a belief um, that things are one way, but they're physically seeing things are not that way, But they continue to tell themselves, no, they're the way that I'm thinking, even though they see something opposite of what they're thinking. And it really causes like a, 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 a division or a, a miscon... Like it causes, I guess, that internal psychological inconsistency. It's like, I still want to believe this, but I'm seeing this. 
but if I believe that, then this probably could happen. So I just do this to, to do this. It goes into the whole pres life preservation thing, survival thing, you know, that, that primal desire that we have. So it's a, it's a lot. I mean, this, this has been, you know, researched and, and studied more than most. Um, and it, it's a big part of our, our existence. Um, and with modern technology, which I think is awesome when it's used for good, the biomechanics of, of cognitive dissonance can actually be shown or are visible through uh, like MRI, through imaging. And there's evidence now that the greater the psychological conflict uh the more activity we can see in the anterior cingulate cortex, which is the also the ACC. So it sets right behind your your main frontal lobe. So if you had your, it's right where your forehead is. It's literally a like collar shaped, kind of like a C shaped, right behind your your frontal lobe. Sets right in there, kind of aligns the the part of the the brain that holds things together. That's responsible for both sides, the corpus callosum. Uh, it it's responsible for both sides of the brain's communicating. So this ACC sets on either side of that. So now that now we know uh, there's activity there when we're experiencing this. That is kind of cool. That is kind of neat. That is something that Fessner didn't have that we have now. It's something that Aesop definitely didn't have that we have. And uh, it's it's kind of neat. So, and that, where we experience that activity during this, you know, it's in the area where uh, it's responsible for those higher functions. So the attention... Uh, the the attention allocation, where our attention is, and it's reward, anticipation, uh, decision making, ethics, uh, morally, just like impulse control and emotions. That so you can now you can kind of understand why we may experience this internal stress because of the area that's affected by it. Um, so what are some other neat? Well, um, if so, one of the one thing that we do as humans uh, to ease this cognitive dissonance, uh, we will choose what we watch, uh, view, read to fit our current state of mood or belief or mind. You know, so. In other words, like you, we select attitude consistent information and avoid attitude changing information. And this can be, you know, applied to all like media, news, music, books, any any messaging channel. And you know, it's it's the idea that that choosing something that is in opposition to how you feel or believe in will increase cognitive dissonance. So you. Again, do all things necessary to avoid that stress. So you will watch things that are in line with how you're feeling. 
not to change that. That could be unhealthy. That could that that could continue leading you down down the road of of, of no return. Um, so if you know if you think about that and you're in a you're in a bad mood or you're just having a bad day or you're in a bad place, and you come home and you know people like to say they were you know you're in your feelings and you start watching something that that aligns with that well you're going to stay there so here we go now that we know this and you're you know you're you're in your feelings or you're having one of those days or weeks months whatever the hell it is come home and turn something else on turn something else on that will challenge that turn something else on that will help you change your belief or attitude Put on something funny. Put on something good. Uh, put on some rock and music. I don't know anything. Uh, it just help challenge it, help change it. And if you're in a damn good mood, if you're having a damn good week, a damn good month, then stay with it. But check yourself. Calibrate where you're at, you know. Uh, at the end of the day or just throughout the day, just kind of make mental notes. Hell, talk to yourself a little bit. You know, talk about why you're having a good day. Talk about why things are going good. Talk about what you're going to do to continue doing this, right? So that's kind of challenging a little bit. Keeps you going. Keeps you putting the work in. And uh, it, it keeps you in line. So, again, another great good example, bad example of, of how cognitive dissonance can affect us every day. Uh, oh, one of the... One of the neat uh, experiments done again back in the day on children and and primates, man, you know, over the last hundred years, we have put it on some kids with these experiments. But um, you know, it, it was done with primates and uh, like first graders or, or kindergartners, what have you, and they were given the option to choose two items that were attractive to them or valuable to them or desirable to them. So let's say that you have A and B and you choose A. Well, after you made your choice, the unchosen leftover item, item B, is now paired with a third. So something else is introduced, a third item. You know, So we'll call that C. Um, and now they were asked to pick from those what they would want and statistics show and through the research that primates and toddlers and even adults will pick the new item so the the new item that's in, introduced that will be chosen over the unchosen item from the first exercise and that is because we've already associated that item as not being desirable. It wasn't desirable to item A. We chose A. We left over B. Now there's B and C. We take C over B. So we've made it a choice and we've made a decision in our mind that this is not desirable. And in order to not feel stressed about it, in order to align ourselves to be consistent, we're not taking B. We're going to take C. Because if we were to take B... It's going to cause a little internal psychological inconsistency, a little bit of stress. We don't want that. 
we're designed to not our well our brains are evolved to not experience those things um, the least amount of stress and activities possible and if you think about that in real world scenarios out there in the wild um how you, you make choices, how we make choices. And if you, again, think back, some of the choices you've made, some of the things you bought, some of the friends you have, some of the people you, you like, you don't like, you know, this this is where it's coming from. Uh, so what, what can we do to kind of break through some of this cognitive dissonance? Well, it's, again, you're, you can change, change that belief, change the existing belief, um, so, you know, you don't have to justify why the world didn't flood. You know, you can simply just say, well, maybe, maybe we were just making some shit up. And now that we've been proven wrong, we're going to change our belief and say, well, the world's not going to end this way. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you can add a new belief, which... You know, you think back, and they did. It's, well, our new belief is that, well, because we prayed all night, that's why the world didn't flood, and we're going to go with that. Uh, you can reduce the importance of the belief. So it's, well, it wasn't, it's not that we really needed it to flood to end everything. Um, maybe we needed to flood our own thoughts or we needed to eliminate our own something and start over a fresh start maybe that's what it meant was just we need a fresh start you get it the, the idea of these things are we're changing our thoughts we're changing our behaviors we're changing our attitudes um, and that's how we can kind of break through some of this uh, stress when we're experiencing this um, and you can say no you know, you don't always have to have a lot going on. If, if you know, you're committed to something and people are asking you to do things and you're telling you, you can say no. You're allowed to say no. You're allowed to do what you want to do. Uh, you know, you're, you're allowed to do nothing. You're allowed to do something. You can do whatever you want. But what I recommend is that you do it where you want to be. That alone will help eliminate a lot of that stress. Put yourself where you want to be. And I think yesterday was a good example of that. I put myself where I wanted to be, but then I came home and aligned myself with what I wanted to do. And also I was where I wanted to be. And I got my notes together and I felt good when I went to bed. I slept, you know, like I normally do. And I was up and, and, and I'm fired up and, and ready to, to do it. To, to do this and, you know, take on my day. I, I hope we learned something today. If, uh, if there's anything else you need from me, you, you got to reach out to me. You got to let me know. Uh, I'm getting a lot of, a lot of feedback. I want you to know that I'm, I'm, I'm putting the work in. I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of people to help me with this thing. I'm asking for help, which is rare for me this is this is so new for me i for years i didn't even know how to ask for help and i am asking people for help i am humbled by this experience and i am 
so willing to just listen to any and all feedback and willing to try and do anything to help make this better. And something as simple as the suggestion of mind mapping. And right now I'm, I'm looking at my notes and it, it looks like a first grader wrote a bunch of shit down and really without my glasses, I can, I can't read it, but the idea of the mind mapping and that structure and, and has been great and kind of just going clockwise with the information. I, I feel like this was a pretty smooth and upgraded version of what I've done so far. So thank you to everyone that's offered feedback, help, suggestions, everything. Thank you to the couple of the folks that have already reached out to me. Um, I'm enjoying it. And, you know, I know you have been, and we're going to continue to, to get better together. Uh, hope everyone has a great week. Hope everyone has a good Sunday or a good Sunday and a great week. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.